This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. A key question that all would-be entrepreneurs face is finding the business opportunity that is right for them. Should the new startup focus on introducing a new product or service based on an unmet need? Should the venture select an existing product or service from one market and offer it in another where it may not be available? Or should the firm bank on a tried and tested formula that has worked elsewhere, as in a franchise operation? In the first of a series of podcasts for the Wharton CERT Business Plan Competition, Rafi Amit, a professor of management at Wharton, discusses these questions and more with knowledge at Wharton. In the process, he offers insights into how entrepreneurs can identify new business opportunities and evaluate their potential and their risks. Uh, our guest today is Professor Rafi Amit, the Professor of Management at Wharton, and we are going to be speaking with him about identifying new business opportunities. Uh, Professor Amit, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Uh, the question for somebody who's thinking of starting a new business or a new company is how exactly do you find the opportunity that's right for you? Uh, could you offer some guidance on that? Sure. So there are many sources for new venture opportunities for individuals. Uh, clearly, when you see a certain inefficiency in the market and you have an idea of how to correct for that inefficiency and you have the resources and capabilities or at least the ability to bring together the resources and capabilities needed to correct for that inefficiency, that could be a very interesting business idea. Um, clearly, if you see a product or service that is being consumed in one market, but in the market that you are in, that product is not available, you could perhaps import that a product or service and start that business in your home country. Now, there are many sources of um, ideas that uh, come from existing businesses, uh, franchises. Um, you could license uh, the right to uh, provide a business uh, idea. Um, you could uh, work on a concept with an employer who for some reason has no interest in developing that business and you could uh, have an arrangement with that employer to leave the company and start that business. So uh, there are numerous sources that you can tap for new ideas uh, for uh, businesses. But if I were to summarize that, uh, perhaps the most promising source of ideas for new business comes from customers, listening to the customer. That is something that we ought to do continuously in order to understand deeply what customers want, where they want it, how they want it supplied, when they want it supplied, at what price. So these are things that will help you shape your ideas. Obviously, if you work in a bigger company, uh, employees might come up uh, with ideas. And indeed, uh, you might uh, want to listen to what they have to say and perhaps pursue uh, these ideas by asking yourself some key question. 
such as, is the market real? Is this product or service real? Can I win? What are the risks? And is it worth it? So, so these are some ideas that I thought might be interesting for our audience to uh, pay attention to. I think that's a great answer, and, and thank you for talking us through the different uh, 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 issues that need to be thought through. Uh, could you offer an example of, of a startup uh, that evaluated an opportunity uh, that demonstrates some of the principles that you just mentioned? Well, um, obviously in the age of the Internet, there is no uh, shortage of uh, examples of companies who saw a perceived need. It goes uh, back uh, many years uh, to the very beginning of eBay, where they saw an opportunity to connect people through launching a virtual free market, a flea market. Uh, is just one quick example, connecting buyers and sellers directly. Um, each one of uh, the many other company, PayPal, uh, the company started, one of the co-founders, a Penn graduate, a Wharton graduate, uh, uh, providing people the opportunities to pay online. Um, certain um, Flycast is another company um, that started by a Wharton MBA, former Wharton MBA student, uh, addressed issues of advertising uh, online. So uh, all these companies have one thing in common. They address an unmet need in the marketplace. So there is no substitute to understanding deeply what is a certain unmet needs of customers for which needs that you are able to supply at the price customers want to pay, and you can still make a profit. Uh, so let's say a, a would-be entrepreneur has identified uh, what he or she thinks is a promising unmet need. Uh, can you take us through the process of evaluating the need, especially in identifying uh, the risks that should be considered in deciding whether or not to pursue it? Right. So the, the first step that everyone should go through is to ask yourself the question, is the market real? In order to do so, the first thing you want to do is do what we call a customer analysis. And you can do that perhaps uh, in a very technical way by having surveys, or perhaps a somewhat less technical, by attempting to answer who the customer is. What does the customer want to buy? When does the customer want to buy? At what price is the customer willing to pay for that? So asking the, the W question of who, where, what, when, is so the very first step because at the end of the day the one thing every entrepreneur is looking for is revenue and the revenue will come from customers so the first thing you want to ask yourself is you know doing that customer analysis and ask yourself um, is there a market there the second thing you want to ask yourself is um, who else is supplying that particular market something we call competitor analysis. 
asking yourself who who else is in this market and what are they doing for the customer? Uh, are they supplying a similar substitute product or service that you have in mind? Uh, so that is the second thing that you have to establish, and, and, and by doing that, you can understand better what is what need is not met at the moment, and that will give you the opportunity to zero in more specifically on the price point, on the feature point of where you are able to differentiate yourself from existing players in the market. Clearly, you you need to do a broader industry analysis to understand the attractiveness more generally of the industry you're going to enter. Is this industry going or is it shrinking? Uh, who, what, what power do the suppliers have in this industry? Uh, how many buyers are there? Uh, are the substitute product? Are there any barriers to entry? If so, what are they? So that's very important for you to understand whether the industry you're thinking of entering is an attractive industry. In addition, you may want to take a look at regulations that affect that industry. Are there any regulations that you would be subject to? And this especially applies in the life sciences sector, where there are strict regulations that control the, the supply of products into that market. Um, in the United States, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, is a relevant regulator. Every country around the world has a regulator in the life sciences uh, sector. So, um, so these are the high-level questions that you may want to ask yourself. And once you answer that question and you identify specifically the need, given who else is in that market and given all the uh, regulatory constraints that exist in that market, that will provide you with the opportunity to tailor your service or product or a combination of your service and product to that marketplace. Uh, you see, the logic that we are suggesting here is to understand the need and tailor the, mar- the product and or service to that need, as opposed to saying, well, I have an idea, and now let me think how I can shove it down the distribution channel. More often than not, the latter doesn't work. More often than not, the former approach the approach whereby you identify the need and, 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 and do a fairly rigorous analysis of exactly understanding who else is out there and what constraints exist and how you're able to differentiate yourself in a meaningful way so that the, when you introduce your product and or service, you indeed can expect to have substantial sales and growth for your company. Uh, again, that's a, a that's a great answer about uh, conducting market analysis and competitive analysis, and also looking at the industry and government. Uh, in addition, are there any financial risks that entrepreneurs should be taking into account? Right. So, and are, what what would those be? Okay, so there are many when 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 starting a business, there are many risks that need to be considered, and perhaps. One way to break down the various risks an entrepreneur is faced with 
or for that matter, an investor in an entrepreneurial venture is faced with is to break it down into several buckets. Let's start with the first bucket, the company bucket. Well, here, the biggest uh, sources of risk are obviously the founders. Do they have the wherewithal not just to start the company, but also go the company? Uh, our experience has shown that the prevalence of individuals such as Bill Gates or Michael Dell, Steve Jobs, that can not only start companies, but also manage the growth of the company, uh, the prevalence of those individuals is relatively limited. Uh, a second source of risk is technology risk. To the extent that your company is employing a technology, uh, there are obviously issues of how long will this technology be the leading edge. And secondly, uh, are there any intellectual property issues that need to be addressed? Lastly, the product risk. If you haven't developed the product yet, uh, can you manufacture it? Will it work? Uh, so all these issues uh, are under the bucket of company risk. A second bucket is a, a second bucket for the sources of risk is the market for the product, and there are two big uh, uncertainties that you need to be uh, aware of. And first is what is the customer's willingness to buy, and secondly, uh, what is the pace if you are very successful at which competitors will be able to imitate you. One of the things you have to think about when you enter that market, how can you create barriers to imitation so that if you're very successful, the competition won't imitate you uh, very, very quickly. A, a third bucket that needs to be considered are uh, risks associated with the broader industry. Are there any factors in that industry that relate to availability of supply? In some cases, you need to have certain raw materials that are in limited supply and that, you know, some suppliers might be able to take advantage of that. Um, barriers to entry, they might change regulation, they might change and adversely or positively affect your business. And lastly, there are a set of financial uh, market risks. And here, um, the question is, will you be able to raise the money early on? Uh, at what valuation uh, will you be able to do it? Will you be able to raise follow-up money? And then, for, from the investor standpoint, obviously, there's a risk that when the, if the company is very successful, and I can tell you that most early-stage companies don't work out, but the few that do, when there is time for, say, a public offering, will the public market be open? We have just gone through a substantial period of almost two years where IPOs were few and far between. And so at the time you make the investment, you don't know what the state of market will, capital market will be in five to seven years from the date you make the investment. That's a big risk. The investor is assuming, and obviously it's a big risk for the entrepreneur to be able to have some liquidity and perhaps realize the fruits of her investment of her time, talent, and in some cases some of the money she puts into that venture. Uh, Samit, you've been studying uh, new ventures and entrepreneurship for many, many years. Uh, what are the biggest mistakes you have found 
entrepreneurs make at the initial stage of identifying business opportunities yeah, the, in your experience the m- most frequent mistakes that people tend to make is to think that everybody in the market is like them if they like the product everybody else will so sometimes very too often entrepreneurs and especially entrepreneurs with an engineering background are too focused on the engineering features or technology features of the particular product rather than on the need that you're trying to fulfill customers don't buy technology customers buy product that add value customers buy product that they need in order to satisfy some issue that they are a, that they wish to satisfy but not the technology per se it is the services of the technology that that matter so i saw too often uh, entrepreneur exceptionally smart entrepreneurs that are overwhelmed by the technological aspect and paid too little attention to what the customers want if you ask me this is the most frequent uh, issue at the very early stage that entrepreneurs are faced with uh, one last question uh, what advice would you give potential entrepreneurs in the middle east who are thinking about starting their own companies my experience by having visited the middle east numerous times uh, is that people think are hesitant to start new businesses because they think they don't have the characteristics of what would make for a successful entrepreneur and also it's too risky to be an entrepreneur research that i have done research that my colleagues around the world have done has shown that there are no unique characteristics or traits if you will that distinguish entrepreneurs from non-entrepreneurs successful entrepreneurs from unsuccessful entrepreneurs the main message here to entrepreneurs in the middle east that you have what it takes to be exceptionally successful and it's no more risky to start your new business than than working for general motors and you recall general motors filed for bankruptcy uh, not so long ago so the 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 perception that working for a large company is somehow safer uh, is not of course uh, borne by the reality so my message is you have what it takes get it started for more business news and analysis from knowledge at wharton please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu